Hey, it's John, and it's time for the JMart Cast for Monday, December 27th, 2021. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating. I hope you've had a great week. How was your turkey dinner? <laughs> was it delicious? Was the meat nice and moist? Was it juicy? Hope it didn't dry out. Hope it wasn't left in the oven for too long. <laughs> and for the vegetarians, hope the veggies tasted just as good. <laughs> Anyways, I've had a great week, a great Christmas to cap off the year. You know, 2021, 2020 and 2021, difficult years for many, many people. And the Christmas last year was, was difficult as well. But this year, a huge improvement. Uh, last year, I had one of my Christmases canceled with my wife's family side. Um, wasn't really canceled. We just hung out for a little bit in the garage instead of the normal thing. But um, this year, everything was back on track, back to schedule. Everything was great. Had my family over for Christmas Eve. My wife and I had prepared a turkey dinner. And it's not something my parents normally have because turkey's kind of not really a an Armenian cultural dish. <laughs> but they were they're they've slowly been trained into liking it, especially with the way that my wife would makes it. Her family traditional style is to do it kind of like regular where people stuff it normally with, you know, stuffing on one side, but then from the next side we also stuff it with a sausage, with a really nice pork sausage. So it the fat from the sausage cooks in the turkey and the it emanates throughout the cooking process and makes the turkey more juicy at the end. And it's, it's great. It tastes awesome. And my parents have slowly learned to like it. So I had my parents, my younger brother and his dog over for Christmas Eve at my house. And we had a great time. They showered us with insane number of gifts. Actually, a funny story with the gifting, gifting was that as like a little gift for my parents, I got them like this grip strength trainer thing. I got two of them and one easy one and one harder one. The easy one for my mom, of course, harder one for my dad. I didn't really pay too much attention, though, as to like how hard it was. I just thought I was like, whatever, it's harder. It should be good for my dad because he's got a stronger grip than my mom does. So I got that. And then it turned out that um, my brother had gotten me the same grip strength trainer that I got for my dad which is hilarious. That was not planned. We didn't talk to each other or anything. It was the exact same, except it was a lighter kind of uh, difficulty, I guess, to have it rated by weights. And the one that I got from my dad was actually rated at 250 pounds. I didn't pay attention to that. I just got it. Turned out it was way too much. And then the one that my brother got for me was 150 pounds. So I ended up trading with my dad. He got my 150. And the one that I got for him, I kept for myself. <laughs> and it worked out perfectly pretty funny only in my family would something like that happen <laughs> and then uh my kids got a ton of presents too then the next day in the morning we had our own family like christmas wake up thing where um my wife and i just the two of us with our kids had like a christmas morning together where we opened presents for each other and that was awesome that was really lovely uh it was awesome to wake up with my two and a half year old boy and opened up presents with him. The one gift that I got that I, that he opened uh, on Christmas morning was this dinosaur toy where you put like the head tail and legs onto the torso with screws. You put them uh, like together using screws. They're like little like toy screws, plastic toy screws, but uh, they provide you with a screwdriver, a manual screwdriver uh, that fits the little plastic uh, screws perfectly. And then they also have a battery operated 
toy drill. <laughs> and this is like just within the motor capacity of my son to be able to actually use it and put it together. So I actually had an amazing time for like 20 minutes, half an hour putting, it came with three dinosaurs putting, we put one of the dinosaurs together before he lost interest. <laughs> but during that one dinosaur building experience, it was awesome. It's like, oh, I totally get how Christmas is actually even better for parents than it is for kids who get to open the presents. Cause it's like when he was opening that dinosaur, like his body was shaking a little bit and he was getting excited. And I was like, oh my God, he like is really loving this. And that, I don't know, just made me feel amazing. And then when he fully opened it and saw what it was, it was a dinosaur and he loves dinosaurs. So he picked up the box and put it overhead and just like, I don't forget what he said, but he was like, yay or something like that. And it was just like, when he did that, I just lost it. It was so awesome. It was so awesome. <laughs> then we had a Christmas morning breakfast and my wife and I decided that we were going to do a little bit of a fun contest where we were going to do crepes for breakfast and we would do two different types of crepes, one savory and one sweet. And I was assigned the savory and she was assigned the sweet and we we're going to have a bit of a competition to see who can make the best crepe. I knew that the sweet one was going to win, but I was like, whatever, we'll just <laughs> participate and do the best we can. And my savory crepe, I decided to just keep it simple, not to go too crazy. So it was this uh, sour cream that I made. I took a uh, cream and I cultured it with some um, kefir and the culture from kefir basically turns the cream into sour cream. So I had some homemade sour cream mixed together with some smoked salmon. Obviously I didn't make that. I just bought that and uh, with some cut up avocados all together. That was my mixture for making the savory crepe. It was pretty delicious. It was rich. It was decadent and fairly simple and what I was going for, but Carly just knocked it out of the park for the sweet one. She did a banana foster dessert, which is basically like this dessert made from bananas with a sauce made from butter, brown sugar, cinnamon, and she they usually use some um, alcohol as well. And she used Grand Marnier. She did that, and then with it was a maple whipped cream. So that was that together in the crepe was amazing, <laughs> pretty pretty good. Enjoyed that immensely. She definitely won the crepe contest this year. And next year, we're going to do it again, and I'm going to have the sweet option. She will do savory, and we'll see who wins next year, I guess. <laughs> then in the afternoon, we went to my parents, uh, not my parents, sorry, Carly's parents, to do Christmas with them at her parents' house. Actually, before I tell the, before I go on about her parents' house, uh, one funny story from uh, earlier was on Christmas Eve, before my parents got to our place, we had the turkey in the oven early in the morning because it took like, I think it ended up taking like six hours, nearly six hours to bake. So we were, we had it in the oven, low and slow cooking for a long, long time. But then I had wanted to bake some bread in the morning as well and didn't realize that the oven would be busy with the turkey, didn't consider that. So I was a little bit screwed, but luckily now that I've made friends with our, my neighbor who lives across the street and who's also like my client for, uh, you know, training, uh, you know, I just messaged it. I was like, would it be cool to use your oven to do some baking? I'm going to bake two loaves of bread. You can have one. I'll keep the other. <laughs> and she was awesome. She was totally cool with it. So that was kind of a great start to the morning as we were getting things ready for my parents to come to my place. I got to just uh, on Christmas Eve morning, hang out with my neighbors 
and uh, use their oven a little bit, talk to them. And they're, they're super cool people. Uh, had some coffee with them. The dude uh, who lives in that house, he actually roasts his own coffee beans and he does an excellent job of, of like roasting coffee beans to make them taste good. It was, it's amazing because we have this uh, bag of coffee that we're going through. Uh, it's, they're actually whole beans, so we, we grind them ourselves. And But I don't know why. They just they taste awful. Every time I drink it, I'm like, uh, I need some like, uh, I don't know, rum chata or Bailey's in this to make it palatable. But uh, the stuff they've been giving, so my, my client's been just like gifting me little bags of uh, roasted uh, coffee beans every now and then that her husband roasts. And when I grind those and make coffee with them, I'm just like, holy crap, what a difference. Thank you for saving me from my crappy cup of coffee. <laughs> so anyway, I had to, I had a little bit more of their awesome coffee, used their oven to bake some bread, left one of the loaves for them as a thank you, and then kept the other one for Christmas Eve dinner with my, with my parents. Anyway, that was a fun little story there. It's really nice to get to know those neighbors and the, the one that's training with me. She's, she's awesome. She's super motivated, tries hard every session, and she's been paying me in Bitcoin, which I'm super happy about. So it's, it's been an awesome relationship. Anyway, back to Christmas Day. In the afternoon, we went to my wife's parents' house and were showered with, with more gifts from me, my wife, and my kids. And it's just awesome to be surrounded by a loving family who are so generous with, with everything. My kid got his first set of Hot Wheels from his uncle on my wife's side and i think he was more excited for the hot wheels than my kid was but that's okay <laughs> that's usually the case with most uh toys that you get for kids is like oftentimes you're just super excited for them to get it but they're more interested in the box that the toy comes in than the actual toy himself <laughs> and then you just end up playing with it <laughs> let's see what else i learned at carly's parents christmas party that warfarin is is rat poison i did not know that before so Warfarin, I always thought of as a drug that's given to people in the hospital to prevent blood blood clotting. Yeah, when you like Google Warfarin, that's what it says. It's sold under the brand name Coumadin. Among others, it's a medication that's used as an anticoagulant, most commonly to prevent blood clots, such as deep vein thrombosis and pulmonary embolism, and to prevent stroke in people who have atrial fibrillation and blah, 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 other stuff. So like... Yeah, that's, that's what I thought warfarin was, but then it turns out warfarin is also a rat poison. I guess when you give warfarin to animals, to rats, whatever, to kill them, you're bleeding them to the death, I guess. <laughs> yeah, if you search Google search warfarin rat poison, you get warfarin is a synthetic derivative of dicumarol, and since 1948 has had a major role in slaughtering rats and mice by stimulating internal bleeding. So that's that's a mind fuck. <laughs> so the, this really is like proves the argument that the dose is the most important thing, right? Like if you can use the same thing to give to somebody to prevent them from dying from a blood clot, but if you give too much of it, right, you can you can just make them bleed internally. Like the dose is the most important thing, no matter what. It could be anything, right? It could be something you think is really good for you, but given the wrong dose, it's going to be really bad for you, right? Even even water. You can drink water enough that it's too much and you, you could die. That's been documented. Yeah, it was that was a random thing that happened. I think they ha she had some extended family at the dinner and I think one of her cousins was just talking about how 
he accidentally ingested some warfarin one time. It was a it was a random story. It was, I wasn't even listening that much, but uh, I was like, "What?" When I heard warfarin, because I've thought of it as a medicine, and then he said that it was rat poison. I was like, "Is that right?" <laughs> Looked it up. It turns out it is. There you go. Learn something new every day. Anyways, that's that's all of my um, Christmas stories. Let's see what kind of stuff happened this this week. Well, there's gonna get on my soapbox here again and start complaining i'm sorry people if you don't like that you can just turn it off and or fast forward it but like i'm going to complain about trudeau do you guys see that video recently like it happened last week that came out with trudeau like saying the most egregious things possible for me anyways conceivable here i'm going to play it right now we can see what it says regardless of the fact that we are attacking your fundamental rights or limiting your fundamental rights. And the charter says that it's wrong. So according to the charter of rights, it's wrong to limit our fundamental rights. But regardless of that, they're still going to do it. And the charter says that it's wrong. We're still going to go ahead and do with it. It's basically a loophole that allows a majority to override fundamental rights of a minority. How does that sound? Are you okay with that? Is it okay for the majority to overwrite the fundamental rights of the minority? Isn't that why we have fundamental rights to begin with? Shouldn't the individual fundamental rights, aren't, don't they exist to prevent the tyranny of the majority? And weren't they put in place exactly to prevent this kind of thing from happening? And now we're, according to the prime minister, the so-called prime minister, the drama teacher, the budgets will balance themselves, idiot. <sighs> according to him, we're going to use a loophole to do exactly the thing the charter rights says not to do. Now, okay, one thing I will say is this is a clip that was taken from an overall larger video where we don't get to see the whole context of what he's talking about with regards to this. But even with that in mind, it's really, really difficult for me to imagine what would be the context for him to be saying something so egregious that it would, it would kind of make sense. It just, it, it seems impossible. Like this, this isn't right. It's just not right. Like we don't live in a communist society. We simply do not. The collective is not the most important unit that we should pay attention to. It's the individual. Individual rights are the most important ones. That's how I see it. I think it makes sense. I think most people saw it that way two years ago. But for some reason, people are living under hysteria, under fear, and they're making irrational choices. Now it's time to change that. It's time to take back the things that were taken from us. This is what always happens, guys. This is what always happens when there's some sort of tragedy or just some sort of crisis, right? The old line is don't ever let a crisis go to waste. And, you know, that's what happened after 9-11, right? There was a crisis and then the NSA was established and now all our digital like footprint is being monitored. Like that's not, I'm not a crazy person for saying that. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Edward Snowden showed that to us. Okay, let's not forget that. That was due to the response to 9-11. Now we have this response to the pandemic, which is going to diminish our rights even further unless we don't let it happen. 
So all I can say is do not comply. <laughs> Stop complying. Complying is unnecessary for a rules that don't make sense, that don't follow facts or reason or logic. Like right now, it seems like this Omicron variant from all the sources is like the least dangerous variant so far, yet everyone's just responding the exact same way we responded the previous two winter seasons where everything's getting shut down again. Like Quebec's already pretty much shut down everything. Ontario's getting ramped up to shut things down. The Nutcracker tickets that I bought went from 50% capacity to 0% capacity, so those are completely canceled. Thank you very much. Like, what is, the, what is the point? What is the point? I'm just going to play another video clip. I found this video. I came across this video earlier last week. This, this uh, like, sassy black girl just, just talking shit and saying her how she feels about what's going on about COVID. And I couldn't agree with this girl more. So I'm just going to play this video because whatever because uh, this is the uh, this is the media that i get this is how i'm influenced you probably get very different media from your sources that you get so i'd like to share what i'm seeing and how i'm seeing the world in my worldview maybe it'll help influence you in some way or at least see the world from the eyes of a person who who's not seeing the worldview that you're seeing because this this is the main issue with today's world is like we cannot agree on objective reality Everyone has different sources of information and believes in different facts. And we just can't overlap our, our maps of reality on top of each other and be like, yo, that must be real because everything's just different. So I'm just going to lay out what my map is like. What is my world like? What, what do I see? And then hopefully you can kind of see what I see and see where I'm coming from and potentially understand me better or understand my shortcomings and help me see them better. Maybe I have some blinders that I'm not seeing and you can help me with that. Okay, here's this this girl. A lot of y'all might not like me after this, but I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say what the fuck needs to be said and what people don't want, are really thinking but don't want to say. Fuck COVID. We're fucking over it. If you're a scary-ass bitch and you want to fucking wear your mask, wear your mask, bitch. I have a right to breathe in motherfucking peace. If you're one of those motherfuckers that thinks you're going to catch it, keep your motherfucking dumb ass in the house, okay? That is on you. If you want to get vaccinated, bitch, get vaccinated. That is not on us to get vaccinated. Leave us the fuck alone. AIDS is real. Diabetes is real. Cancer is real. All these shits is real. Car Accidents, strokes, heart attacks, all types of shit. Accidental death. We're gonna die. Everybody dies. Our government doesn't get the right to dictate how the fuck we live in a pandemic. You don't either, bitch, because this is motherfucking America. I am free. I have a right to breathe how the fuck I want to breathe. So for those who don't understand, fuck you and fuck COVID. Boom. How good is that video? God, I get fired up and get goosebumps every time I listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, we're all going to die, people. We're all going to die. So live your life. That's the conclusion I come to. Live it not in fear. Live it the best way you can, doing the things you love, spending the time with people you love. It's, it's pretty simple, right? We all know this already. It doesn't take a genius to come to these conclusions. It's just we're faced with so much media that is just perpetuating this fear. Like, you better, you better be scared. There's new variant there's more cases the hospitals are getting clogged up with healthy people with sim without symptoms blah 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 like all this garbage well i choose to not live in fear i choose to live freely and i choose to vote with my money for things that make sense to me and i'm voting for bitcoin i'm getting paid in bitcoin by my client 
and I'm dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin as much as money as I can save. Because that's what Bitcoin is. It's a savings technology. Otherwise, savings has been depleted. Where you save dollars, they no longer hold value. It's like a battery that drains too quickly. You need something that can hold the, the, the power, right? Or else it's a useless battery. Well, same thing applies with money. You need something that can hold the value or else it's a useless money and you want, you'd rather be spending it quickly rather than saving it. But it's not wrong to save. In fact, it could be considered a moral thing to do, an ethical thing to do. So it should be your choice. If you want to save money, you should be allowed to. You know, what was the uh, Benjamin Franklin, I think, quote? A, a penny saved is a penny earned or a dollar saved is a dollar earned, something like that. Okay, I just quickly Googled it and it turns out this is a famous misattributed quote. <laughs> it was a penny saved is a penny earned. This is erroneously attributed to Ben Franklin. And hilariously in this like article that I looked up, it says given inflation, a dollar saved is a dollar earned would be a more up-to-date way of saying this. <laughs> Funny. So yeah, Bitcoin update. Let's see. The price of Bitcoin. Well, let's start with the block height. The block height is 716,008. The price, one Bitcoin trades for $51,856. And that is up, what, by like 12% from about a week ago where we were trading in the mid-40s, 46,000. So a little pump over the over the Christmas break. So that's nice. And it seems like we've bottomed the recent, uh, the low. So we're on the way back up. So even though I was totally wrong about December being like a blow off top or anything, like I'm pretty sure the bull market's still intact and whether or not the bull market's intact or not still the, the reason why I'm behind this technology and behind Bitcoin, why I believe in it, why I choose to vote with my money into it is, is beyond all that is, is like the price of Bitcoin. Like I always say, does not matter. What makes it special is like its properties, right? And the properties are that Bitcoin is a sound money. It's a sound money, meaning that it can act as a store of value. It can act as a medium of exchange. It can be a unit of account. It has important characteristics to be able to fit all those three categories, such as the fact that there's a hard cap. Only 21 million Bitcoin will ever exist. It's really easy to verify, right? It's really, really easy to transport it from place to place, from, you know, in space and in time. It's also really divisible, right? That's like an important property. Like one Bitcoin can be divided into 100 million subunits, which are called Satoshis or SATs, right? So you can buy 1,929 Satoshis per one US dollar right now. So I'm pretty sure at some point down the line in possibly a couple decades, the SATs per USD dollar is going to be even. Their one SAT will equal $1. So I know it's a wild thing to imagine, but we're headed that way. Like it's just the amount of debt that exists is incredible. Like I think if you take the world global debt, if you pile it all together into one number and then you also look at the global GDP, it's a four to one ratio debt to GDP, which means that if you're like making a hundred thousand dollars, let's say at your job, you also have like four times that much in loans. You have 400,000 in loans. Like how are you ever going to pay off 400,000 if you're only making 100,000? You're just going to take more credit. You're just going to keep borrowing. That's how you're going to do it. <laughs> I 
right? It's just that's just how it's going to work. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. So that's why I changed. That's why I switched, changed boats. I'm not in the central bank boat anymore. I'm in the Bitcoin boat, and this boat is made of steel. It's not wooden. It's not going to rot like the like the boat of central banks. This is a steel ship that's going to take us across the ocean to a new world. Anyway, I was going to talk a little bit about Austrian and Keynesian economics. And so I still haven't done that much research on it and understood it that deeply. But basically, it's two different worldviews on how to look at money and economics and how to look at like cycles of, of businesses. One way of looking at it, the Austrian school suggests that there should be as little um, interruption of the economy through the hand of the state as possible. Optimal is zero. The best is nothing. The state should not do any, any, anything to get in the way of the economy. And then the Keynesian view is that they should uh, intervene as much as possible, especially when there's some sort of like crisis happening, such as like, you know, COVID or the great financial crisis of 2008, all and all the other ones previous to that. And those are the two main kind of, that was, that's one of the main first main differences is that one government should not step in and coerce people to do anything versus the government should step in and change things around. That's the Keynesian view. And then the second one is more so related to like the tools that they use, use the Austrian economists believe in sound money, what I was just talking about, right. In using money that like has those qualities that I talked about, right? Like rare, it's portable, divisible, recognizable, you guys already know, like I've, I've said this enough times, but they, they believe in a, in a money with a hard cap like that. Whereas the Keynesians believe that money is a tool created by the state and it should always remain in the control of the state and the state should use their power to inflate the total supply of money. Now they believe that that should be at a slow pace, like 2%, not at like the two digit percentages that we're experiencing currently, <laughs> but it's just um it's just a math game and at the end that's what always happens you always start off at like lower rates of inflation and then in the end as you as the ponzi scheme builds and builds and builds right as there's more and more debt and nothing backing any of it the rate of inflation must increase that's just how it works um but uh you know whatever you can see which side i <laughs> i side with right like the keynesian side doesn't make sense like would you have it, let's say like a, a tank. Would you have a car with a with a fuel tank that had like two percent of the fuel would just you know be siphoned off every every year? <laughs> like, like what? No, that doesn't make sense. Like, why does it make sense that we have to have a two percent inflation? Right, inflation is just a theft. So we're just okay with two percent being like stolen from us. Now, two percent was so small that most people didn't realize, didn't care. But now it's getting into double digits and people are noticing and they're like, what's going on? Maybe this inflation is not such a good thing, right? <laughs> but it takes it takes a while, right? It, it, some, something's got to happen. There's got to be something that like uh, you notice, right? 2%, easy to miss. 10, 15%, not so easy to miss anymore. Or like even more like 25, 30% for like house prices, right? Like house prices are up like I think 25% from last year and last year they like went parabolic. So like, how does that make sense? Like, 
yeah, it doesn't. It just doesn't. And I think we're going to be experiencing in the next couple of decades the end of nation states. I think nation states are a product of the 20th century, but we live in the 21st century now and things are changing. And with the ability to put your wealth into a digital form that cannot be confiscated from you by the state through coercion, the, client, the states will become clients of their citizens where they will, in order to get your money, they will have to provide value rather than thieve it from you. <laughs> El Salvador is a great example of that. That's a country that's headed in the right direction with a Bitcoin standard, with the thought in mind that they're going to be providing a service for their citizens, like they have this plan for build, building a whole new Bitcoin city, and they also have plans for continuously buying Bitcoin as well as mining Bitcoin, and they're going to be using their volcano energy, stranded energy from the volcano that would not be used to like power cities or anything. They're going to use that energy to mine Bitcoin, which is amazing. And it seems like they're a country that is not going to be established on coercion. At first, in order to uh, travel to El Salvador, they had required a vaccine passports, like a double vaccination. And then enough Bitcoiners complained where they uh, actually changed that. Just like when you complain to a corporation and you say, you know, you go on Twitter and you're like, this shit you sent to me was no good and we came arrived broken, blah, blah, blah. They often respond, right? Because they want you to remain a loyal customer. And that should be how nation states operate. So these guys, they, they understand that's where it's headed. Enough people complained and they respond and they took those requirements away. So now you can travel there with no vaccination, no booster, no nothing. Yep, that's it. It's time to change and to time to stop being obedient little citizens that just follow what daddy state says. Okay, you know, historically, the most terrible things like genocide, slavery, all those things actually came from obedience, not from disobedience, right? Somebody was told to do something, commit genocide, capture slaves, whatever, and, and they just decided that that was okay to do, and they obeyed their instructions. They didn't disobey. So yeah, I'm going to end today's podcast with one word, disobey. Jmart out.